Yes, people, welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today is part two of the guest episode with Mark Hayes, fellow PT and nutritionist from Newcastle, from my gym in Nuffield Health. So part two, we are talking about veganism. We're probably just going to jump straight in there. I obviously explain it in part one. If you haven't already listened to part one, it'll literally probably be the last episode of the podcast either on YouTube or on Apple or on Spotify, whatever you're on, just the last podcast. Give it a listen. It's a little bit of a short one. This one's going to be a little bit longer. Going to go into a little bit more in-depth detail about the whole vegan thing, which is something Mark's really passionate about. So definitely stay and listen to the full podcast. You don't want to miss any of it. Some really good information. And apologies if you hear my stomach rumbling throughout. I was getting a little bit hungry during it, so apologies for that. Anyway, we'll jump straight into part two. This is process but anyway i was gonna say we'll jump into one of the main topics i wanted to talk about obviously we've talked about your yeah. kind of fat loss uh weight loss journey you studied nutrition obviously it was it newcastle or north umbria i can't remember which one it was newcastle yeah newcastle, newcastle uni um yeah so obviously you're a vegan i wanted to talk about duh, duh, duh. i know we already said duh, that duh, duh. but i want to talk about first of all like how did it kind of start for you in terms of the interest in looking into it and obviously adapting to the vegan diet how did it start for you um so for me it was it was basically it was it was for like ethical reasons or moral reasons um i started looking into more that that side of it uh, so it wasn't for health reasons at all which again really great health benefits it wasn't for environmental reasons which again really great environmental things um associated with it but it was mainly for um, just generally, just just for moral reasons. Just like I, I looked at what was happening to these animals. Um, I don't know. I could really just I could get a lot of empathy um, for, for the animals and the situation that they were in. Um, if you look at industrialized farming, you watch videos, like even not the horror story videos, which there are some and it's disgusting that you watch them and you're just like, wow, that's, that's really upsetting. Even the stuff that's not, I mean, it's, it, the industrialized farming is, is really, really bad. And these animals are born into the world just for that reason. So they have, that's their experience of life. Do you know what I mean? We all have an experience of life where we come into the world, we're looking through these eyes and we're sort of like, okay, what's going on? And that's their experience. Um, obviously, the consciousness, you know, it's not as, as high as, as humans. So you, you've got, obviously, you can like debate that, but they're still conscious enough to understand things like pain and in love, I mean, you chase an animal that's going to run away out of fear, you know, it's scared, like, it's like those basic, like, sort of rudimentary, like, emotions, like everyone, every living animal has. Um, so I started really just recognizing that and got to the point where I was like, wow, they, I don't feel comfortable eating meat um, because I wouldn't, in given the choice, I wouldn't kill this animal because I don't need to. I know I don't need to. Like if I ne- if I needed to, like fair enough. If I'm like lost in the wild, like I'm sorry, animal. <laughs> I need to try and keep myself alive. Like that. That's just the way it is. But like it's, I don't actually need to. So then understanding that I don't need to do it from to stay alive, and then seeing that these animals do have obviously don't have a great life at all, and it's it's in the they feel fear and pain, and they're taken away from the mother. So all these like deep sort of emotions which the wood feel which we just can't understand yet because it's you know we're just starting to understand um like that sort of level of like consciousness and like the emotions of other animals like we now know that pigs are like really intelligent and they're about similar sort of consciousness 
um, as like two, three-year-old children or at least smart enough, like where they can beat two, three-year-old children at like tasks, which is quite, quite crazy because, you know, a three-year-old, they're not exactly, you know, can't sit and have a great conversation with them. But if you put that consciousness into an animal and you treat that animal badly, I mean, you would feel really bad about that. So then I started just linking that together and, and that, that's what it was for me. It was just understanding that these animals are, I mean, they, they use the term sentient beings. I don't, I, Basically, I don't use that term, um, but I just basically it's like everything's consciousness. There's different levels of consciousness in different um, different animals. Um, humans being technically maybe the highest consciousness, um, and even if these animals aren't as low consciousness or as high consciousness as us, does it mean that they're just like, oh well, stuff it, like I'll kill it and I'll breed it into this life just to eat it? Um, because it's it, like I say, it's not necessary. Like I haven't eaten meat in three years and. I'm still alive and kicking. Um, obviously, there's some nutritional things which I'll, I'll talk about as well, but it's it's not a necessity. So that I started really feeling guilty. That's what I started feeling because I was like, I wouldn't actually eat these animals. Um, I wouldn't kill these animals because I know I, I don't need to. So then by eating meat and I'm sitting there and I felt like a hypocrite because I didn't agree with it at all. So then by sitting eating it, then I'm like, well, I'm a hypocrite. If I don't agree with the way that these animals are being brought up and killed, uh, brought, reared up and like they're killed for, just for the purpose of meat, then how can I sit and eat like the meat from that? Um, so it was quite a profound thing when I, when I discovered it. Because obviously it is a discovery because you don't grow up with that knowledge. It's you buy meat, it's well, you just have to eat meat. You grow up, like, you've got to eat meat. That's on your plate, your base, your, your meal around meat. So you need to get your protein. Um, and it's like... You don't ever see that. Like nobody goes into an abattoir really when they're a, when they're a kid. You don't see that sort of stuff. You just go to McDonald's and you're eating the burger, and you just grow up and you think, oh well, yeah, like these certain animals, like pigs, chickens, cows. These are just like yeah, you just eat them. Like oh, you see them in the field, like oh they're nice. I like them animals. But then you go home and then you'll eat them. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's a weird, it's a strange thing. And then you see like obviously everyone has dogs and like cats and their pets and. You, you, you would never eat those like you would never eat those like but it's it's that's more of a perspective thing really um like the, the the consciousness like the emotions that a dog and a cat will sort of have um, and the guilt you'd feel towards them i started associating that with all animals really because i started to think like there's no real difference it's just it, the consciousness is there but it's like the the the, the suit the case and is different if that makes sense so mm-hmm the same consciousness like we have where we're sort of alive and we look down we're like, okay, well, I've got this body, fair enough, I'll do what I have to do with it. Um, like these animals are in the same thing. So I think the baseline consciousness is there, um, just the same as in a dog or in a cat or in a pig. It's, it's all pretty similar in my eyes. Um, so then I was like, right, I just, I need to stop. And it come to the point where I was eating like a chicken thigh. Um, it was from Morrison's hot food counter used to live off them and I, was, I would obviously used to eat so much meat and I was eating this chicken thigh and I had the skin on and then I looked at the skin and it had like a hair sticking out of it and I had like the like the goosebumps like not the goosebumps yeah. you know what I mean like the pimple sort of things on it and I just looked at it and for the first time in my entire life I looked at it as objectively what it was it wasn't just food it wasn't just chicken to eat it was like that's part of an animal's leg and I was just like I don't know like you know when you look at those things the perspective things where you look at it and then all of a sudden you see the the, the face or the picture it was like that it was just like yeah. click and i was just like whoa um 
that was really profound. So I was just like, I put it back in the bag and I was like, right. And I never ate meat. I've never eaten meat since then. Yeah. So it was for me, I went cold turkey. No pun intended. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just went fully. Just at one one night, I was eating meat. Next night, never eat meat mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah. For them reasons, because I think for me it was easier because I had them strong, sort of emotional and like ethical reasons. I think it's a lot easier to go plant based when you have those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it probably wouldn't have happened. There would have been a lot slower progression into yeah. it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the one of the arguments with the vegan people. Well, one one of the reasons I can't argue with people for going vegan is the kind of ethical side of it because mm-hmm. I can completely understand it. Like I understand it myself. Uh, I think I mentioned to you about the David Attenborough documentary was kind of one of the reasons why I yeah. wanted to try it out because it was a big thing. Like it doesn't it makes you think about it a lot more in in depth rather than like like I said, like in the past I've just kind of had like food on my plate, like you go to Nando's, have a chicken breast, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. your parents make your Sunday dinner, whatever it is, you just have your food and you eat. You don't think about it in detail, but when you do and you're actually looking at this piece of meat and you're thinking, right, what's actually happened for this piece of meat to get on my plate? Like mm. and then you think go go into that detail. And it also goes back to societal norms, like we're being brought up eating meat. It's the same thing with like people the who norm. quit alcohol or people who I don't know, like stop drinking coffee kind of thing. Like everyone looks at them thinking like with they're weird. Like, like yeah. why why are they yeah. doing that? This is what everyone else like. True. Like alcohol and like veganism are kind of the same sort of thing in the sense that like most people eat meat, most people drink alcohol. Mm. If you don't do that, you're kind of a weirdo in a sense yeah which i think is why people get joke vegans get judged for it which i don't think they should at all obviously there's people who take it really really seriously and go down like ridiculous routes and stuff and this, um yeah but i think there's, I mean, a, there's a there's an argument there's an argument for going down that route as well like in terms of like not having leather in your car um are you yeah. kind of do you take it that seriously that you wouldn't wear leather well, jackets and all that sort of there's stuff. different like sort of um like if you're vegan you're basically the terminology for like a vegan or the specific well i don't know the specific like i don't have it in front of us but basically you don't use any animal products so you will not have anything like you wouldn't just not eat meat so if you don't eat meat or animal products then you're plant-based so that's plant-based diet so that's a different thing well it's not it's the same but slightly different if you're like vegan you won't use any animal products whatsoever so it wouldn't be like leather um you would be staying away from like anything, even if it was like sort of like animal testing, like, you know, for your deodorants or like um, hair products, which I think most people agree with. I don't think many people will be like, like, be like, oh God, I don't care. Well, I mean, some people probably say they don't care about that, but I think a lot more people would be actually, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I, I don't want to use shampoo that's been tested on like, sticking it in rabbit's eyes and stuff you mm-hmm. see the photos and like the videos of that sort of stuff and it's really really bad um so it is that's the vegan thing so yeah i would say i'm fully vegan i mean i'm not going to say i'm like 100 percent perfect so you can never be sort of perfect with it but i wouldn't go out and buy like leather shoes um or if i was like gonna get a couch or, like i wouldn't be getting like a full leather couch or anything because again it goes back to that i mean there's some animals say for leather there is animals that are like brought into the world specifically for leather like it doesn't just come as a byproduct a lot of the times because a lot of the animals in say the conventional farm and like they're not treat amazingly they have their, their skin is not great like they've got cuts and scrapes and all that sort of stuff so that's not that's not profitable so like you want a nice leather couch or something it's going to have to be brought in for that reason so it's yeah i just don't like to use any animal products that of any i don't want to use animals for profit that that's that's the big the biggest thing so any type of like 
any company or anyone that is sort of making profit out of bringing animals into the world, like to kill them, to use, use them like as a product, I wouldn't, um, I'd, I'd stay away from because of morals yeah. and like uh, the ethical side of it where I just, I don't, I don't agree with it because you don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need like, like fake leather, although it's like, oh, fake leather, but it's, it, there's really good quality ones, especially nowadays. And as things progress on, it's going to be good. I think they make it out of pineapple and all sorts of stuff now. So it's mm-hmm. like, if you want that, then fair enough, but you don't really need leather. I mean, it's not like, I think back in, in like history, like that was fair enough. You'd want to maybe wear an animal hide because it's logical. You're out there and you're going to be out. You, you look at say an animal, they say like a cow or whatever. And you're like, well, he doesn't wear clothes. Well, what's he got on? Well, he's got his skin on. Well, I'm going to use his skin and make clothes for myself. And then I'll be like extra warm. It's logical. But then it gets to the point where you don't need that anymore. It's not necessary. Um, so it's down to necessity. I think that's the biggest thing about like understanding it from my point of view. It's the necessity of it. If it's not necessary to do it, which it's not nowadays, because we're so advanced, um, we don't need to be doing that sort of stuff. So then it's almost like cruel in my eyes when it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, completely get you. But I think in terms of, it's bad that there's so many industries out there that are literally just profiting from animals. Like you said, it's not necessary whatsoever. And mm. I think the reason why it's a societal norm now to have a eat me, have leather solvers, leather jackets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's an industry out there. And obviously if a certain industry is making loads of money, it's going to be funded. Like the government are going to want that. They, like, they're, they're wanting the money for taxes and stuff. It's all kind of a big spiral. Um, which is kind of sad that the world's all based around money, but in, unfortunately it is. Uh, but y'all make me feel bad. I'm going to tell my missus to take back our leather sofa for our new house. I've just thought about it. She wants to get leather. I've, I've always been a fabric. I like I like, like fabric things. She wants yeah, leather yeah. one. I'm like, I'm going to have a word of it now. I'm saying but that. I'm refusing. Like, that, that, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I've sat, like, leather couches are nice, you know, but you can get like, like four leather or something. And, mm-hmm. It's it's again it's it's to do with like necessity. It's it's not necessary to, especially if there's good good alternatives. The only negative thing people would be like, oh well, I don't want fake. Everyone's gonna think, oh look at him with these fake leather couch, and it's like, well, who cares? Do you know what I mean? Like, why do you want leather? Like, why why do you want to sit and relax on like a stretched out bit of animal skin? Like, that's a little bit weird. I'd rather just sort of chill on like some fabric. Like, mm-hmm. I think we sort of get a bit like it's the perception of it where you sort of think, well, that's normal. I want it. Um, but really when you look into it deeply about like where it's come from and what it actually is, then it starts to get a little bit, Oh, this is a little bit strange. Actually, this is not what I thought it was. Um, like I said, the perception of say eating meat where you wouldn't eat your, eat your dog. Um, but yet in China and Thailand, they eat dogs all the time. And if you, if you as a Western westernized person, look at the, look at what happens to the dogs over there and look at the, basically the exact same situations that chickens and pigs are sort of brought up they're in the same farming situations there and you look at these and because it's normal to have a dog or whatever a cat as a pet you would look at that and you'd be horrified but mm-hmm. they, they, they think it's normal to them it's the norm it's a societal norm to eat that so then they're sort of like well whatever who cares to them it's it's just a pig it's it who cares but yeah. to us it's like whoa that's crazy like obviously you've got hindus um they don't eat cows so they they may see like some part of our culture when we're eating burgers every day like wow that's really bad i don't like that it there's it's it's more to do with perception um i think and once you start like 
get a different perspective on different um, ways that things are brought about, like so where your animals like come from or why you're eating animals for in the first place? Is it just because it's the norm or is it because like you actually need to? Um, and I think, I don't think you need to at all. Um, and that's probably what we'll get on to in terms of the nutrition side of it. Like yeah. you, you don't, yeah. But. Yeah, no, I can't argue with the ethical side of it. hundred percent can't say anything about it. Obviously we've just discussed that, but we want to get into the more nutritional side in terms of, performance what you're missing if you don't have meat blah 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 all that sort of stuff so yeah yeah I wanna, first of all what was it like when you first made the transition did you make see any anything at all um any difference in your body or did you find it difficult to start with with the obviously the all in your calories hitting your protein body blah, blah what was it like when you first um, started I, when i first started it was fine i didn't find it a struggle at all um basically like i said for the moral ethical side of it i didn't i, I didn't miss me i didn't want to eat it um i think if i went into it i'm going to be helpful like say you went for health reasons which a lot of people start for that reason that it may be harder um and then you might end up like doing a cheat day but it's like meat or something like that um but for me it, it wasn't that hard to do it because it was just it was a strong emotional sort of thing which got us into it really um and then in terms of what I noticed, like I've always been crazy, crazy bad with like spots, like acne was terrible. I used to have cysts, like just so, so bad. And that was the only thing that I noticed really um, in terms of like what happened to us, like basically over a course of like a bit of time, those went away to the point where I basically got like hardly like anything, if, if anything at all. When I used to have crazy big red cysts and, you know, like just really like gnarly sort of like yeah. um, sort of acne. And that seems to be a common thing really. And I don't know if it was cutting out the dairy or cutting out the meat. It's hard to say because I didn't do it as an experiment for that reason. I know this guy, Brian Turner, I think he's on YouTube and he's like a vegan bodybuilder. He's like in good shape and he does that sort of thing. He had crazy, crazy bad acne, like all over his face, basically exactly what I had around my neck, but all over in his face. It was so, so bad. Um, and he found out for him, it was dairy specifically. So I don't know, it may have been dairy, I can't tell, but that a huge, huge made a difference on on that especially in certain areas of my body i mean i still do i think just for whatever reason i do I get it a little bit on my the back of my shoulders a little bit now and again but i've had this literally since i was like 18 it just it pops up it flares up sort of now and again but i did see a huge difference in that so that was the only thing i really saw a difference in and then cardiovascular fitness i don't know i, I don't know if subjectively maybe maybe not I, I do feel like i have had sort of better better blood flow and cardiovascular fitness, which does seem to be a thing like in studies where vegans they do tend to have slightly better blood flow and it's more likely due to the high nitrate diet. So you have more, more vegetables. Vegetables are rich in nitrate. Like the nitrate rich food like creates nitric oxide, which dilates the blood vessels. So you get vasodilation. Yeah. So you've got essentially, you get increased blood flow. So you're going to potentially sort of like perform a little bit better at cardiovascular work um so I, I do i would say maybe my cardio has got better but I, again i couldn't i wouldn't want to be like yeah it definitely has because mm -hmm. there's no way of really testing that i mean if you could do it when you could test it that would be great but i wouldn't really want to say yeah but the only thing i've genuinely noticed was acne like really substantially cleared up 100 mm percent -hmm. yeah i was gonna say because i done the the one week properly vegan which is yeah. I'll, put that, I'll put that little link in the, the YouTube videos in the show notes. But that was one thing that I, I noticed 
definitely for me, just from the one one week that I've done was my recovery. And I think it could be mm. down to inflammation. Obviously, there's links with um, 100%, yeah. obviously dairy and inflammation and stuff like that. And then obviously some things with meat, especially red meat with inflammation. I noticed, like I said to you, I don't know if I just had a really good week. I mentioned it in the video. I don't know if I just had a really good week. Um, but I noticed that I wasn't really as stiff and sore in the morning. Normally, I find when I do like some mobility stuff in the morning, I'm really stiff and aching and stuff. I didn't really find that for that for that week that I was really strict with it. Again, it could be mm-hmm. down to me having a lot more plant based stuff, which has got a lot, lot of antioxidants in, with helping helping with my recovery. Uh, could be down to a number of factors, which is why you said to me to try and do it for at least like a month to try and see what. Yeah, like, I would say so. Yeah, that was when you would try and very probably see a difference, um, which I should really try and do. To be fair, but um, that was one of the big things that I I definitely noticed. Um, but there's obviously loads of different things we can go into in terms of first thing I wanted to mention was about the amino acid quality because that's a big mm. kind of argument in terms of the protein content, especially leucine and stuff, and having to kind of mix and max plant based sources for your protein. Mm. Uh, what's your yeah. kind of what's your thoughts on that whole little argument? So, like in terms of protein quality, like as a whole, like animal protein quality, uh, animal protein does have higher amino acid content and it is like more bioavailable um but it's not it's not nothing to the point where it's 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 crazily different like you can basically as a vegan there's no like like yeah as if you want to put like who wins the first place like a steak or like soybeans the steak will win on term in terms of amino acids like 100 not going to be trying to say that's different because that would just be silly but it's it's not it's not as bad as you may think. Like you can still get enough protein as a vegan. Um, the whole thing about veganism, it's like it doesn't have. Um, it's basically ha- does it lacks amino acids. Um, so like some of the amino acids aren't there, which isn't true. But what because all all amino acids are in all foods. Uh, so all plant foods have all all your sort of nine essential amino acids, but you've got limiting uh, limiting amino acids. So typically, like your methionine and your lysine, these are sort of like typically like lower. So like you would eat some beans, it's probably going to be lower in methionine and lysine. So they're the sort of things to focus on specifically lysine, really, because loads of foods like oats and things like that have high methionine in them. So you don't really, you wouldn't really end up being low on methionine. But if you are just eating, say, I just want to eat beans by itself, then you probably would want to be adding in some other foods. Um, so then that gets into your sort of complementary proteins. Um, but then looking into that, it's really debated whether or not you do need like to be eating these complementary proteins. So like I must, if I'm having beans, I've got to have rice with it. Otherwise I'm going to be deficient in amino acids. It doesn't really work like that. It's still ongoing debate. But there was, um, I think it was the American Dietetic Association. They said in 2009, so we had to read the course of plant foods, eaten over the course of a day can provide all essential amino acids and ensure adequate nitrogen retention and, and use in healthy adults. Thus, complementary proteins do not need to be consumed at the same meal. So you don't actually need to be happy. You don't have to worry like, oh, no, am I, am I getting all this in? As long as you're eating a good, balanced diet and you're not like overly restrictive, and you're getting a good amount of legumes, whether that be sort of lentils, like beans, soy products, or something like that, then you're going to be getting it as long as you're having like, it's like rice, so you're having any type of grains, which are going to be typically getting your um, methionine and things like that in it. So you don't have to worry about it in one specific meal, as long as you're eating a good sort of balanced diet, really. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to so, say about the. Sorry, what are you going to say there? No, no, no. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, just about the um about the we talked about it obviously at, at no field when we when we're still not in lockdown. I feel like ages ago it was only a week ago. It's still not in lockdown. Yeah. We talked about the leucine content in terms of amino acids and having to try and hit it every so often, obviously to get your protein synthesis. Was it mm. like four grams of leucine every like four or five hours or something like that? You were saying. I, well, I've seen this one here. At, 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 like one to three grams of leucine stimulates muscle protein synthesis. Um, we can help promote positive nitrogen balance. So that's that's 20 to 40 grams. So that's like to get that, you would be able to get that. Again, you'd probably like overall, like think of it like logistically, you're going to have to eat maybe a little bit more protein. So that is recommended overall. So you would probably eat, end up eating a little bit more because the digestibility factors, you've got like the protein digestibility, protein digested, corrected amino acid score. It's a big long-winded thing, but it's it's to do, it's, it scores amino acids um, or proteins in terms of like out of one um, or like down to like, like zero. And that will sort of give you the, the estimation of how, what the quality of the protein is because there is quality issues to do with protein. Um, but overall, like say your leucine, for example, we're talking about that. Like you've got stuff like if you want a huge amount, so like half a cup, which is about 64 gram of tempeh. Um, it's like a fermented soy product has got like 1,100. So it's basically got like 1.1 gram of leucine in that. But that's only 64 grams. So typically you would have a bit more than that. Um, as long as you're getting like 20 to 40 gram, maybe higher towards the 40 gram um, with, a, with a vegan sort of like diet, especially if you're bodybuilding. If you're a general person, like a person for general health, you don't have to worry about the protein at all. Just go for instead of your 0.75 or 0.8 gram per kilogram, maybe push up to that one one gram per kilogram just to sort of offset maybe that digestibility factor um for like athletes and things like that you may want to be pushing just a little bit higher so maybe between that 20 40 gram for like your maximum um muscle protein synthesis maybe up towards more of your 40 gram but again the study shown there's like the typical what is it the beef beef patty study again i don't have it up in front of us because i was trying to get a lot of info on there but basically there's a study which you can find it online so they've done a one beef patty or two beef patties um it was like i think it was about 120 grams of beef and they measured the muscle protein synthesis off that so it was it was um, either one beef patty and two beef patty to see what the difference was on that. And there was very little difference in terms of the muscle protein synthesis from having that extra beef patty. Um, so again, as long as you're getting the amino acids in there, having crazy huge amounts of, of amino acids is not really going to be that beneficial in that term. As long as you're aiming to get a good source of protein in, um, one to three grams, seems to be better again often for the higher amount just to maximize things really it just depends mm-hmm. on what you what your purpose is if you're a general person don't worry about protein if you're an athlete opt for about 1.8 grams per kilograms of body weight um which has been recommended for athletes for vegetarian and vegan athletes and again just just have a little look like if you're an athlete you need to look into your diet you need to know what you're doing anyway um but if you're a vegan athlete yeah maybe look into sort of the foods which are slightly higher in leucine and just just ensure that you're getting the maximum in i would say if you're a if you're an athlete focusing on those complementary proteins although it's not necessarily 
it doesn't it hasn't been shown to be needed which i don't think it is but for like the most effective like just covering all bases it's probably it'd probably be better to sort of make sure that you're getting like your full nine essential amino acids in that um in, in that meal mm-hmm. i would i would recommend that but you can definitely hit your, your protein needs and, and your yeah. protein needs I was going to say I was I was aiming for about two grams of protein per kilogram. So I was like, what, 95 mm. kilograms? I'm aiming for that 190, I aim for that yeah. 190 gram mark roughly anyway. Some people say obviously the two gram, uh, gram per pound was it at times your body, times your, your body weight in pounds, sorry. So that'll be like, what's that, 95, like 220 maybe pounds? I don't know. I'm not really going to convey. But yeah, for yeah. people who get, get confused as well, when we say like per meal, like 40 grams of protein, we don't mean, don't mean 40 grams of chicken or 40 grams of tempeh, whatever it is. We mean no, obviously no. the quite. So that would be probably like 40 grams of protein in a chicken breast, probably like, I don't know, 150, 200 grams of chicken for tempeh. Obviously, I don't mm-hmm. know what, like maybe a little bit more, 250 grams of tempeh. It's something um, like that. About 19, 20 grams of protein per 100 gram. Oh, that's that's one of the highest sources. It's a really, it's one of the highest sources. Um, obviously once you've got like a scale of plant proteins essentially so you've got like like seitan which is a weird name like wheat gluten basically obviously if you're celiac don't have that because that's not going to be good for you it's basically the extracted it's just the protein extracted out of bread that has got one of the highest amino acid profiles so it, that's typically used in like mock meats and stuff like that really really good um, amino acid score and really, really good um, for building muscle then more of your natural, which I prefer to go for more like quote unquote natural, like whole foods, like plant-based foods. Then you've got like your tempeh, which is going to be probably the best one. And then it's coming down into like things like other type of soy products. And then as you get lower down the scale, it's like you've got your edamame beans and like your, your chickpeas and stuff like that. Again, because of the high amounts of fiber, it's going to be restricting the amount of amino acids that you get in there. So there's benefits of having that. So uh, of the fiber, but yeah, if you're going for like legumes and and your um, things like lentils, because of the fiber will limit some of it. So don't expect if it says, okay, I'm getting 20 gram of protein from like this amount of black beans, you're probably going to get slightly less than that. So it, I think that the digestibility factor for stuff like that is about 0.85. So you might get about 85% roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, of the of the proteins from that yeah yeah so main main thing if you're taking it this if you wanted to go full vegan and you take your ser- training seriously you're an athlete or you're serious into building muscle bodybuilding whatever sport it is the main thing is probably look into it a little bit more look at the like, look at the protein yeah. that you're having making sure you're getting a good amount of amino acids and hitting at least probably at least that 1.8 grams per kilogram of body weight of protein per day and then if not a little bit more if you're really into like resistance training and stuff and also again that kind of can fluctuate depending on what stage of um if you're like for body building perspective bulking or cutting like you mentioned obviously yeah. if you're having higher carbohydrates when you're when you're bulking there's a less kind of need for need for protein i can't yeah. remember how you explained it well to me the other day it was like it's like it's like muscle sparing so the reason why you may lose muscle specifically say if you're just generally is because it's like gluconeogenesis. So it's like your body will start breaking down amino acids um, and it'll sort of get rid of the amino group and you'd use the carboxylic group. Um, And you basically, you would put that through the TCA cycle and you would produce energy from it. So it's like anaerobic respiration. So your body may need that now and again, but if you've got a high amount of glucose, your body's not going to need to be doing that. So if you're eating like a regular amount of carbohydrates and your your insulin level is pretty high, 
I think there's even studies shown that even just, just carbohydrates will reduce muscle protein breakdown, um, which, which is a good thing. So without even any carbs, just getting your insulin up from the carbohydrates will reduce that. And it's typically because amino acids are constantly being broken down. It's like a constant thing. It's like a wall that's being built. Imagine that wall is constantly needing to be repaired all of the time. So your body's using the amino acids that you bring you. This this brick's been in there for like, you know, a month or two. We need to sort of change that brick and it's constantly being changed all of the time. So you, that's why you need that regular sort of amount of amino acids to maintain your nitrogen balance. Once you get below your nitrogen balance, then you're going to be losing proteins from your body. Um, but because of, um, say, in some some instances, you will get into a, a place, especially if you're dieting hard um, and you're going into low calories and you're going into low, low carbohydrates, you would probably end up more like you could break down more muscle tissue from that. So that's why studies will be like, right, have more protein. Two grams, 2.4. I've seen even some studies saying up to like 2.7 grams um, of protein. And that's just to ensure that you have enough lean you have enough amino acids to sort of offset that 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 protein breakdown but having high carbs in your diet that's why you can bring your carbs down once you like say if you're at maintenance or you're in a bulk phase you don't need to be having 2.5 grams per kilogram about or some people like use it pounds like like be like having like 300 gram of protein or something it's like there's no need to have that sort of that much protein especially yeah. if you're like in a in a sort of calorie surplus because it's just, it's just wasted protein um, that potentially could be negative effects of having high protein. Um, but again, that's sort of still debatable, like sort of renal issues, like so it's things like for your kidneys. And there's still some things up in, to debate in terms of like high protein and acidity um, in the blood. And then that potentially leaching calcium from the bones. Um, mm to sort of neutralize the pH in your body. Again, I'm not saying 100% that's true, but there is like there is some factors about that. So you don't need that high amount of that that amount that much protein really. Yeah, it's probably um, more risk the, than reward than anything if you're going to go that high of protein. Yeah. Like once you get above that kind of 2.2 grams per kilogram of protein, you're probably just wasting your calories really. Well, you're wasting calories and you're wasting like, you're, well, you're just wasting calories. Like that beef patty study, I wish I, I should have had like the exact name of the study so people could go and look at it, but you will be able to find it. Um, and it's shown that you, you can have like one beef patty if someone's having a burger for like post-workout or whatever. Like having that extra bit of protein is not really that beneficial for your muscle protein synthesis. So it's like, even like, depending on what you're getting into it for, even from like a complete um like sustainability point of view which we'll talk about later in terms of that like why do you need to eat that extra bit of like protein like you don't need that i think people just eat way too much protein i think that's the thing because obviously you need your protein to build muscle so then everyone's like well i'm just going to make sure i eat loads and loads of protein which is fair enough like that's, that's it doesn't mean that you're going to be unhealthy from it but it's not really it, it may not be beneficial at the same time so then you're just going to be just basically paying it out. You're not going to be making any use of it. Yeah. And I think it's that that's what gets confusing for people with plant-based diet where you think, oh, no, like my, my protein is going to be an issue because I need to be hitting these crazy high protein targets, which unless, unless you're a, like a very, very active person, then yeah. Um, but your body is pretty smart in what it does with its amino acids. Um, and because the, we're talking about carbohydrates specifically, like the vegan diet is really high in carbs, which you'll notice yourself. So it's going to be, it's, it's the, the amount of like gluconeogenesis going on is not going to be as much as say if you were doing 
like a really low carb diet because the carbs are there's quite a lot of carbs there mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say talking about carbs the one thing that i found was i was hitting like 100 grams of fiber a day and i was mm -hmm. getting quite like for that was one thing i mentioned to you like I think if I was if I was to go and like cut or try and lose weight, a vegan diet's probably a good way because you're getting that much fiber and fruit and veg. I wasn't really as hungry. Yeah, that was one thing. I think if I stuck to it long term, I'd probably end up losing a bit of body fat for it, just got being in a deficit for that amount of yeah. time. Is that something that you find yourself in terms of fiber? Have you kind of find a way to to manage it? And is is it going to have that much of an effect on like you mentioned about my protein intake with having such a a higher a higher amount of fiber? Um, so, I mean, it, some types of like fiber, I mean, it will, it'll reduce your appetite hugely because it'll sort of, be, you've got your soluble fiber, which will go into like a gel almost. And it'll sort of, it'll slow the rate of like, it'll slow the rate of some absorption, things like that, um, which has been some sort of issues. Like maybe does it like inhibit the, um, the absorption of some micronutrients and things like that, but mainly it's going to make you feel fuller for longer. So you've got like physiological responses like if you've had a lot of fiber that's slowing down the digestive tract you're going to have more satiety um so you're going to be less likely to overeat um i think the big thing getting into the fiber fiber is really beneficial for your gut microbiome so you definitely need that that fiber like uh, typically people are have way too little fiber in their diet um but for for general health you need to be increasing your fiber intake i think when you first go vegan you end up having it's like a shock to the system because you end up having way way too much fiber um so it's it's easing in so slowly slowly building up your your fiber intake so just small amounts of beans and lentils and going up into large larger portions um otherwise you could get a little bit gassy because your body's not used to having that amount of um having that amount of fiber so you've got a it's the diversity of the gut microbiome so there's different types of um like fibers in there so the different types of fibers going to need different types of bacteria are going to are going to potentially are going to basically be breaking those down so the more the more diversity of fiber you're going to be putting through the digestive tract the more diversity of gut microbiome um gut bacteria specifically that you need so you've got to just be, you've got to let your body sort of catch up to that. Um, so you've got to get that diversity. That's why I was, I was thinking it was going to be good for you because like you do fasting and that's been shown to increase the diversity of the gut microbiome. So that's why I was going to ask like you, like how did you feel with like that side of things? Um, did you find, were you really bloated or anything like that? A little that? bit later on in the day, um, a little bit because knowing me, I always forget to eat my calories. So I always, Normally, if I'm doing my fasting, obviously I'm not religiously fasting. There's days when I eat, you know, there's days that I'm, I do do it and I, I push it a little bit longer. But say mm -hmm. I eat at like twelve o'clock, for example, I would normally eat at twelve o'clock, maybe train at like half one, two o'clock, um, and then I'll not eat until what's that, like four, half four. And then I always end up having just like squeeze an extra like meals quite close together later on at night, which I know probably isn't ideal for digestion and stuff like that. And that was probably yeah. the time where I started feeling a little bit more gassy. And like for example, I would have like. I had like a chickpea stew and then like, um, check me what else I had. It was like a lentil curry thing. So I'd have them probably only like an hour or two apart. It was only then that I started later on the night. I started feeling a lot more full. And then it got to my last meal, which is normally like an overnight oat sort of thing. And I wasn't really hungry for it. And um, which is what I've said to you that I could easily just like sit at like two and a half thousand calories here just for that day. Obviously over time, I'd probably start getting more hungry the longer I did it, but just for that one or two days, um, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't as hungry. It was only later at night because I was probably having so much fiber all at once. 
that yeah. I started feeling a little bit a little bit gassy. But like I said, I kind of I did all in all, I did feel good for it. Um, the com- I don't know if it's a combination of the, of, of the diet and the fasting. My energy levels felt quite sustained throughout the day. Didn't really have a big drop drop in. Obviously, most of the time I was dropping gluten as well, which could have been an aspect of it as well. There's obviously big things mm. about gluten um, yeah. and having all that sort of stuff affecting inflammation for one. And then also kind of your fatigue and drowsiness and whatever and that side of it. So there was loads of things that factors that could have influenced it. But uh, yeah, it was just more later in the day. I started feeling a little bit more um, falling a little bit gassy, but not too, mm. not too, not too bad. Yeah. So just your body getting used to it. Like you've got like your soluble fiber, which does slow, like it creates like a gel and like it's digestible, like it digests in water or, or basically it's um it dissolves in water and it creates like a gel and that helps you improve your blood sugar control so it's like it slows the rate of like glucose and everything getting into the into the bloodstream so then that's probably why you felt like your energy levels were more sustained because of that you've got like that trickling effect of that's why you have like your sort of complex carbs has got higher fiber and the, the co- combination of the fiber and the complexity of the carbs it just totally drip feeds your body with energy so that's going to keep you more feeling um like sort of make more sustained energy and just generally fuller because as everything slows down through the digestive tract, you're not going to be wanting to be to eat as much. If you had something really high, like say you had a protein shake and like, I don't know, some Harry balls or something, you might have the same amount of calories, but that's going to be in and out of your digestive system. It's going to be absorbed. It's in and out. Next thing you're going to be feeling quite hungry again. So your, your satiety is going to be quite high. So that is a beneficial part of the diet. Like that's the thing people say, I'm going to go vegan to lose weight. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you can, and it, and it would probably help a lot. Like if people were eating a lot more like fibrous foods, um, like weight, because not everyone counts their calories. Like counting calories is a hundred percent, but how do you get people to lose weight without counting calories? Like the majority of people are eating way too many calories. They're not counting it. How do you get people to sort of lose weight without counting calories and getting more of a whole food plant-based diet would be a real genuine option because of that like you're saying you could easily have a thousand calories less than what you are like you would normally eat and you didn't feel like hungry and that's the main thing is for obesity and people putting weight on a satiety it's like if you're hungry you're going to want to eat and then if you go and then go eat some high processed like like crappy food then it's going to be in and out your system or not in and out but you know it's going to be digested and processed a lot quicker so then you're going to be wanting more food again so that's Mm -hmm. a good thing about that like more fiber it does um like say control helps control your body weight um it possibly prevent like hypertension um it's been shown to like sort of help balance your cholesterol levels as well um Blood sugar levels, like I said, hugely reduces the risk of colon cancer, which is massive. Um, that shouldn't be overlooked. Like lowers the risk of breast cancer, diabetes, again, probably due to the, the, the controlling of the sugars. Um, so like there's huge, huge benefits to it. Again, your microbiota, like your, or your gut microbiome itself, like having all of this fiber and the diversity that comes from that, there's huge interactions. Like I'm not an expert on that sort of stuff and it's such a new science, just nutrition in general, but especially the work looking into the, the, the microbiome and what that could potentially do um, for your health. Um, even like for your health, your colon, 100%, because you need that fiber. It produces like butyrate, like a short, short chain fatty acids and your body needs that like, for like the lining of the, the the gut cells or the colon specifically. And also it's used for like the brain and that there's loads of knock-on effects and interactions with the gut microbiome, which is just starting to be 
really discovered and just how having more fiber into your diet will diversify the amount of bacteria in your gut. And that has huge, huge um, positive um, sort of ramifications for your overall health. So it's like, it's weird because you're not really, you're not making use of that food, but some of the food that sort of passes through into the colon feeds the bacteria. And then that mutualistic relationship that we have with like a symbiotic relationship with, with bacteria that then influences our health. So it's, again, it's, it basically don't be, don't be afraid of fiber. Like fiber is your friends, like get fiber into your diet. You need it. Um, but if you're not used to it, it's going to take a little bit of time to sort of, and you'll see this online if you have a little look and it'll just say, just to slowly work up into that, um, like big, huge meals. If you're like, okay, I'm going to have like a big meal. It's like chickpeas, black beans, um, lentils and then you have all of that in one one meal and you like you may find that that's going to be quite a, an issue in terms of gas and bloating and all that is is just the bacteria are working away digesting that um that fiber and then gas is like a byproduct of it really so mm-hmm. you got to like give your body time to sort of adjust to it i didn't really find it that much but i suppose when i first transitioned but I wasn't really eating, I was eating some like soy products. Uh, for me, soy products don't seem to cause a lot of digestion problems. Oh, you got a bit digestion. That was my, that was my, that was uh, my <laughs> I'm getting hungry now. Told this to all this stuff about food, my stomach's all right. It's like, um, but yeah, it's, uh, oh, I forgot what I was saying now. But yeah, uh, sorry, mate, like, my stomach's my stomach completely stomach put you off. Off. I was like, that's So you're talking about soy products? All oh, right, yeah, so. I don't, I don't feel as much um, sort of bloating from those things. And I just basically straight off the bat, I was like, right, I need protein. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, cause I was, wasn't really a nutritionist then. I just started. I was like, I would just maybe in the first month of being like a nutritionist. I wasn't really sure on the different types of foods. Obviously I kind of quote unquote. Uh, <laughs> I've not me green screen over. Yeah. People on the podcast like, who are listening to this are going to be thinking, what the hell's going on right now? What's going on? No, continue, mate. I'm going to hold on to this just in case. But yeah, so I basically, I went for the protein um, powders. Um, So the protein powders are not going to be an issue. Uh, So in terms of building muscle and you're worried about that, like get a protein powder. I mean, I don't really know many even like meat-eating bodybuilders that don't sort of have at least some type of protein powder. I mean, everybody does. The studies show that the the protein powder, I've got, well, I wrote it down here somewhere. Again, I've, I think I've put too much stuff down, to be fair. But it's, it was basically a study showing that um, the it, the protein, like soy protein isolate or something like that, is was comparable to like whey protein. And there was no difference in sort of muscle um, strength or lean body mass um, from from a, like a controlled study that was, that was carried out. So... The reason being like soy protein is really, really good. Um, so supplementing in with that, if you're an athlete, 100%, you're going to need to, not soy protein. I, I think if you're eating soy products, you wouldn't necessarily need to have soy protein. But even a pea protein, again, there's lots of studies showing that it's comparable. It, it's, it doesn't, there's no difference in it. And the reason being that it's got a high um, digestibility is because it's been stripped of all that fiber and everything. So it's just purely just the protein. So it's absorbed really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah going for those sort of things like in terms of like the um the fiber things just easing into it but for me personally again it's it's objective um or subjective from my point of view of saying um the 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 soy products didn't 
gases uh, to make it create as much gas um, like the edamame beans and things like that which I'd eat mm-hmm. um, you've got your tempeh which is a fermented soy product so that's basically a probiotic um, probiotics are really really good to have um, just anyway because again it diversifies you're feeding your, your gut bacteria with extra bacteria and then that sort of helps colonize and grows extra things like uh, extra um, bacteria in your gut but that can help if you're having any bloating issues as well I've seen a lot of people um, talk about that the vegans who have transitioned um, in getting in probiotics like your um, like tempeh and what's the one I'm thinking of um, I mean miso is a little bit but it is oh what's that one it's not tofu what are you thinking of not tofu, not tofu. it's um, I'll take a Japanese style Kimchi, that's it. Kimchi. kimchi. Yeah, yeah, kimchi or, or sauerkraut or anything like that. Um, it's the same sort of health benefits um, and it can help help reduce any like bloat, feelings of bloating and stuff like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never really tried tempeh, actually. So that's one thing I want to want to try next on me. I'm gonna, but that was one thing I said to you as well. Now that I've kind of done the little vegan um, week, I want to try and transition away from whey products and stuff again just to get the milk out any sort of dairy mm-hmm. out of my system to see if that helps, if that's one of the reasons why my inflammation was a bit better in terms of my injuries, my ankle, my knees and stuff, having surgeries. I want to see if that's going to help um, do that. But again, taste, taste wise, they're not that much different. Obviously there's some of them that taste a little bit grainy. Um, but the one that I, the one that I have was, wasn't too bad. You still there? Yeah. Sorry, man. No, I mean, you'll see the next Someone's thing. trying to ring us there. No, it's all right. <laughs> we'll briefly touch on soy because this is something that people kind of, scared of having too much soy uh, products yeah. the testosterone and stuff so what's what's your thoughts on it so just so I don't hash it completely oh man this guy's uh, there's an Amazon delivery guy at my door and he's, he's being very Go on, uh, mate, I'll pause it I'll pause it for you right, we're back on Amazon delivery man interrupted man. we're back on so talking about soy again um, kind of obviously the perceptions behind it people talking about testosterone and stuff your thoughts on it so yeah, um, it's basically it's 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 basically not true. Um, soy does it's called a phytoestrogen, um, so it can act and mimic estrogens very very slightly, um, but it's weak to like non-existent really. Um, the only two studies where I was looking at which specifically for this because I haven't went over it in quite a while. Um, I've done a few posts ages ago in the past when I was doing it, um, like that sort of side of things. The, the two cases of anyone having any negative issues or having like stupid amount of like soy products, like 12 servings a day, which I don't even know, like who, who even has 12 servings of soy, who even has 12 meals a day. I, I don't, so that, that basically if you went crazy overboard, maybe, maybe, but um, basically looking into like some like, stat, like meta-analysis and like systematic reviews is like no significant effects of soy protein. This one specifically, um, no significant effects of soy protein or isoflavone intake. The isoflavone's been like the, 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 the negative thing in the soy or the, the negative thing in soy. Um, intake on testosterone, free testosterone, um, like free androgen in index um, were detected regardless of statistical model. So basically no effects. Um, the results of this meta-analysis suggest that neither soy foods nor isoflavone supplements after measure, measures of bioavailable T testosterone concentrations in men. So it has no effects really. Um, I probably minced that up, but uh, um, there's no there's no there's no like effects on testosterone. Um, 
it's been consumed for like thousands of years really i think it's about three thousand years it's been eaten um like mainly in like asian countries and things like that um so it's really really like great for your health so on the, on, the, on apart from that like looking at the typical amount of isoflavones that you would go for you would try and aim for roughly what sort of like people in asia would sort of eat and with no health health um like negative effects of it um again but this even if you went over that it, it, it's not really gonna have an effect and there's like things about the, the man boobs type of thing um again just looking at this one the study states that some um phytoestrogens can act as like selective estrogen receptor modulators um it, fancy word but basically like what they can do is they, they get into the estrogen um receptors in the body and they sort of block it so they actually block it from, from a lot of the estrogen from actually doing the work so even if the say for example for a guy you've got that est that phytoestrogen it actually goes into the estrogen receptor even if it does have an effect on your on your estrogen it's going to be so mild that if you'd actually had your normal estrogen it, it would had a, had a more of an effect in your body essentially and these mm -hmm. serms for like the selective estrogen mo receptor modulators they've been used for years for the farm they've been developed by the pharmaceutical industry for many years um widely used uh, serms include like tamoxifen and i'm sure i don't know i'm not 100 but i'm sure like the tamoxifen is like what the like bodybuilders sort of have when they're like coming off the cycle and stuff like that like to right. stop aromatization um again i just highlighted that i'm not 100 on it um i don't know what i'm sure it's, i've heard like bodybuilders are followed and think that like, oh i'm getting onto the tamoxifen and stuff like that and i think that's to stop the aromatization so if if these soy products are having an effect of reducing aromatization then that whole thing of oh you're gonna have man boobs from soy it's like it doesn't look like that's that is um going to be the case so yeah i mean i don't know if i've got anything else about the about the testosterone there's loads out there it's basically it is like a, a mistruth that it will affect it but it is it's the complications around this the, the isoflavones essentially um or the, the phytoestrogens in there yeah but so yeah pretty much there shouldn't be an issue unless you're like hammering down soy for fun unless you're going crazy on it but again i'm bringing up that brian turner again he done his experiment when he went months and he just ate stupid amounts of soy and he got his test testosterone tested before and after and his testosterone was actually higher at the end of it oh, um there's other studies showing that um vegans have got higher free testosterone high higher free circulating free testosterone which again could be down to that we're not 100 sure um there's another one here from messina um this is another um and you must be sorry my, my stomach's going <laughs> it's like four or five times it's happening i know it's because i had all of how's my post-workout meal it's obviously i'm just trying to get some carbs in it and it's just obviously yeah. going through. not enough fiber through. not enough fiber you need more fiber um the drop in testosterone level no it's inconsistent so inconsistent um about the testosterone should have highlighted this because it's a bit of a lengthy sort of thing there um yeah. But again, no effects of soy protein or isoflavone intake on testosterone, sex hormone binding globulin, free testosterone or free androgen index. Um, Meta-analysis. Oh, yeah. This is about the, so the not. just looking. The, yeah, so, yeah, in terms of the testosterone, it's not going to be a thing at all. If you wanted to err on the side of caution, don't drink um, soy milks as much. 
and don't go for like your soy proteins. The reason being is because they've got high, much higher contents of the isoflavones. It's the isoflavones really that's um, potentially like the negative thing. Mm-hmm. But um, essentially, if you want to go for like soy products, going for the isoflavones are broken down more in your tempeh and also your edamame. So your edamame, the green soybeans, are like the, the like young beans are taken off the plant before the development of the typical like yellow like soybeans so they've got lower amounts in them so if i was to say anything like maybe if you're going to do it and you're worried about that at all not that you need to be but if you are worried and again erring on the side of caution go for more of your edamame beans because the, the amount of isoflavones are like phytoestrogens in them are so low compared to like if you are slamming back three or four shakes of um of soy protein so i i don't i don't have soy protein powder so if i get a soy pro if i get any protein powder it would be some other types of hydrolyzed or like concentrated protein it would be i would i would typically avoid that just because i like to eat soy i like to eat soy in my my day-to-day diet so if i was eating like two servings of soy a day plus eating like having protein shakes on top of that you know still trying to get my protein targets in there it would probably lead to me getting a very high amount of these isoflavones and looking at my sort of genetic like past like you know i'm mainly like sort of scottish sort of heritage and the likelihood of loads of soy products going through like i don't know when the last time my genetic code would have came across soybeans realistically yeah. like if you if you're thinking that so, so on air on the side of caution i basically i would uh, that's what i do personally i don't have mm-hmm. soy proteins i do have soy milks and stuff sometimes um i was eating drinking one every day like a liter but it was mainly that was for the choline um, benefits to be honest because it's quite high in choline and I got a genetic test done saying that I would significantly benefit from um, getting choline into my diet. So I was just doing that as like a, okay, I want to get more choline into my diet. This is probably one of the best sources along with Brussels sprouts and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to have that. So that's what I was doing. Plus it's a good amount of protein, but again, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it for anyone to drink a liter of that a day. Um, although I don't know if you follow a guy, Terence Kennedy, vegan no. bodybuilder crazy strong like doing ridiculous weights like at the moment he's olympic lifting really strong um and he, he drinks about a liter a day but i would be careful if you're drinking loads and loads of the fortified plant milk because you drink a liter of that a day you're going to get crazy amounts of calcium and you don't want to you don't want too much calcium into your diet because that could lead to potentially like calcification like of your arteries if you get way too much calcium in there which so I was drinking like the organic stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, another one, Duncan et al. 2016. Estrogens do not affect human estrogen or testosterone levels. So they have like basically like no no effects on that. But they also the, but they do the isoflavones themselves showed to have protective roles in breast cancer. Uh, soy consumption was associated with lower risk of cardiovascular disease. Um, soy consumption was shown to reduce the risk of gastric um, cancers. Um, positive isoflavin supplementation, positive effects on improving cognitive cognitive function. Um, so there's huge, huge benefits of consuming soy. So that's why I do have it. It's not just because of like the protein, which is great for vegans. It is going to be a better source of like if you want like the best bang for your buck in terms of protein in one meal. Soy soy products is going to be the best one. But in terms of like the health benefits from it, is really quite profound. Um, 
legume consumption was associated with lower cardiovascular disease again there um lower gi cancer risk mm-hmm. um do you think there's again, there's probably more of a now. more of a worry for people having that like like processed meats than there is having soy <laughs> do you think there's probably more yeah. of a, a lot more of a worry because that's, that's another argument know. with the quality of meat obviously these days obviously reason why they kind well, of reduce it yeah well processed meat's been it's like graded as a grade one carcinogen by the world health organization so in terms of eating that um I, yeah i wouldn't eat processed meat that's not 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 ideal for the health again i'm just, i'll scroll along to it so i don't butcher it completely because it's trying to remember a lot of information <laughs> um off the bat but Basically, what the, the processed meat, it increases something called your want signaling pathway. Um, so to, to put it like, like in a more basic terms, it's the more meat you have, it increases the proliferation or increases the amount of um, gut, like your colon cells specifically, the amount of cells that have to be created. And the more things that are created in general, the more cells, the more... more um, the more sort of um, cellular production, you, you're going to have a potential of leading into sort of cancers, essentially, like the, the byproducts of that. Um, and the only thing that's been shown to negate that is is high fiber. Again, I'm going to try and find the specific sort of um, like specific area on that. But essentially, imagine if you're having like red or processed meat, you've got an increased risk of um, of getting colon cancer with the only thing that's really reducing that is the fact that you you're having fiber so fiber is actually reducing that and i think it's like you've got an extra five gram of fiber um reduces the your risks of getting colon cancer again sorry i'm just trying to find that so what do you, do you know what type of red meat they were using in terms of was it organic was it grass-fed or were they just using kind of genetic that's sort of the, that's the thing with a lot of the studies that are done so you listen to the joe Rogan podcast on the game chase and all that stuff a lot of the studies weren't done on like the best quality sort of meat and they're also quite high in fat a lot of them um so there's obviously things like that i think about i don't know if it'll say on the study or not like that yeah, I, I mean, it's more linked like from the World Health Organization. They basically said it's it's more your processed meat that's grade one, and then your other type and red meat, um, and then your other types could potentially be like grade two carcinogen. So grade one's like quite likely it causes cancer, and grade two is like it, it sort of could like cause cancer. So it's not as high, um, but like increased meat consumption has been linked to increased risk of bowel cancer with dangerous and nitroso compounds. Um, so what meats preserved with like nitrates and then these can turn into these nit- N-nitroso compounds, which then are quite like can- can- um, carcinogenic and um, they react with like colonocytes, like your, your, um, the, the actual cells in your colon, uh, inducing polyps and then tumors. So like if anyone's ever known about that sort of stuff, you basically get polyps and that's like the pre- precursor to like getting tumors like in 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 your colon um there's also like other concerns with eating meats like about harmful compounds like poly polycyclic aromic hydrocarbons and heterolytic amines um that can be carcinogenic again when you depending on how you cook meat you can produce carcinogenic these carcinogenic compounds that i talked about there if you're cooking them on high 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 temperature so the higher temperature that you cook the meat with, 
the more likely you get like a chemical reaction between your amino acids and the creatine in the meat. And this creates like carcinogenic compounds. So there's a few different areas that can lead to it. Um, essentially the negative sides of meat. So you've got like the fact that you've got the, the nitrates that the food is like being preserved with. So that can create like carcinogenic compounds. And that's typically what you're finding with your preserved like meats or your processed meats. That, that's what you're finding there. Um, the, how you cook meat, so basically like high heats so of flame grilling, like barbecue is like the worst way to cook meat. Like if you're going to cook meat, if I was to recommend it for your health in a slow cooker or something like that, because it, you're not getting these carcinogenic compounds. There's also lots of studies around um, like heme iron as well. Mm-hmm. So heme iron, again, due to the sort of chemical makeup of it, it can lead to the, these um free radicals so it can that, that can lead to um carcinogenic like properties as well so you get the, the buildup of free radicals um from the heme iron um you've also got like things like igf1 increase so you, as you have more meat in your diet you've got more igf1 so insulin like growth factor one so it, that's in in every like mammalian body you do need that it, it sort of drives growth and it is necessary for normal production but increased amounts of igf1 which happens to seen with increased meat intake um that increases the risk of things like angiogenesis which is the formation of new blood cells or new um blood vessels sorry and, and it, it essentially it's igf1 has been shown to really drive um cancer so having high amounts of that is is not ideal for for your health at all it, it is it is very strongly linked to like cancers and things like that mm-hmm. um high meat consumption is like you've got something called mammalian target of rapid myosin again it's just another like cancer signal and pathway um when this is upregulated, you've got more chance of um of, of getting things like cancer and stuff like that really yeah um so it's from there is there is definite definite um health like side effects of eating um of eating meat really um especially like your cheaper processed meats mm-hmm. um and even if you are eating meats there's a risk of having the the heme iron component which could lead to that again i'm trying to find the thing on there i've put way too much down but um the humane side of it. And if you're cooking it, you can also get these um, hypocytic amines, which are, are coming from like high heat. So cooking it on a lower heat is, is much more um, beneficial for that. Mm-hmm. Would you say for anybody to avoid red meat altogether, do you think the, the risks outweigh any sort of rewards in terms of that aspect? Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, the, the risk to reward, which you're getting from red meat, I mean, really, yeah, you you're getting red meat, like you're going to get proteins and you're getting some vitamins, minerals and things like that. But you can get these things from elsewhere. Um, like we talked about protein, you can get your protein. Like again, if you, you can always look online and, and you'll see that the, the whole protein thing, it, it was sort of blown out of proportion. Um, even like when I was at uni, it was a huge turnaround, like just in the past like year or two really. And like, okay, humans can actually get more than enough protein from that. Um, and to the point where one of the lecturers stood up in front of the class and it's almost like he, he was quite a big meat eater. Um, and it was almost like someone in like the family had died or something. He's like, right guys, we've, it looks like vegans 
can get enough protein from uh, from plants, <laughs> which I thought was just a little bit funny. Um, so you can get the protein. So then it's like, right, what are you getting from the meat? Um, like, yeah, you're getting iron. So again, you're getting iron. As long as you're getting your iron from plants, um, you can get all the stuff that you can get from meat you can get elsewhere, in my opinion. So I think, although in the short term, it is better. So it's like, if you're thinking on a day-to-day basis, technically on a day basis, eating a steak makes more sense because you're going to get more bioavailability proteins, more bioavailability of your like your other type of um, like micronutrients. But on the long term of it, you, you're probably putting yourself at more of a risk. Whereas if you went for more of the plant proteins, not only will you get your proteins, you'll get your vitamins and minerals. Again, like just sort of understanding your, your diet and what you have to eat. And then the, the health benefits of a vegan diet on the long term is, is really profound. So, I personally like think again I didn't get into it for health reasons, but I'm kind of glad I did because I feel that me going for more plant proteins will actually benefit my health, um, even if it is not as efficient in that short term. In the long term, it will probably end up being more efficient. But again, it's in the early stages. Not many people have been 100% vegan for like that sort of long. But all the studies are pointing towards. That, that is basically going to be the case again you can eat a little bit of meat and be and still be healthy but it's like how much meat and what type of meat that you're eating really um yeah i think you if you are it's got to be the highest the highest quality that's the one thing that i'm really kind of conscious of now is trying to get organic all the grass-fed sort of stuff rather than just going for like like i used to when you were low on protein one day going to tesco and buying like the little packs of pre-cooked chicken which are just full of god knows what and stuff um, and then you can go down the Joe Rogan route and go, oh, you only eat, what is it, like elk that he, that he only eats. It's the only sort of yeah. meat that he really eats. He doesn't touch chicken or anything like that. He only touches like certain quality. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's lower in saturated fat. So that's the idea behind that is lower in saturated fat. So the saturated fat, high saturated fat intake is very strongly correlated to like increased cardiovascular disease. So the more saturated fat that you have in your body, the more um, bad cholesterol that you're going to be like, pr- like pushing out. Um, and then that, that bad cholesterol then leads to like atherosclerosis, where you're building a plaque on the arteries, which then leads to a blockage of the arteries. And then like could lead to a heart attack, we could get a stroke or, or whatever it may be. So reducing your saturated fat, 100% definitely do that. And that's only really going to come from um, reducing your meat intake. Um, the, not many like plant-based foods have a lot of saturated fat in them. The only one that would be having high is like coconut oil, which there's a big miss that coconut oil is really good for you. It's not good for you. Um, it's really bad for you. It's like a terrible oil. Nobody should really be having coconut oil at all. Yeah. <laughs> Stop coconut oil. Uh, you're just having stupid amounts of Unless saturated fat. you put it in your hair for whatever reason, girls. Yeah, yeah. Hair, that's about it, really. That's, that's more beneficial for your health um, to have it like in your hair, 100%, because um, it's the saturated fat element. So that's one of the big reasons like cardiovascular disease um, has been shown to be better with a vegan diet because you just basically get hardly any saturated fat in your diet. Um, you need like little bits, but it's you're not having too much saturated fat. Um, that reduces your cholesterol levels. Um, and even plant-based diet has been shown, or at least a really strict like vegetarian diet has been shown to be like the only diet to reverse like heart disease. So that's pretty profound because like heart disease, so cardiovascular disease is like the number one killer in the world. Like it's the biggest killer. Um, so even like 
like something cancer it's a, it's a biggest killer and again it's like lifestyle factors you can't just say it's definitely one thing like you that's the thing with like epidemiological studies you can never say it's definitely this but there's things that play like come into play like you've got like how active you are what your body weight is like how much body fat and like what type of foods you eat and what like your saturated fat but again the saturated fat is really highly linked to that mm-hmm. um you say you into uh, you into conspiracy theories just to yeah. put this one out there do you think obviously with aging population all this stuff do you think there's a, a thing in terms of um industries especially the meat industry are funded so much to try and help because like you said heart um heart disease is the biggest killer in terms yeah. of in, in terms of everything obviously you're talking about meat with high yeah, yeah. do you think there's a big kind of link between that knowing obviously there's loads of conspiracy theories about the virus that's going around at the minute I know I'm, I'm big into this, which is why I'm bringing it up. And then I've noticed the last few, I think if you look on Netflix, there's that new meat thing, like the flame grill. Um, I've noticed there's a lot more TV programs based around meat because of the last few years, veganism's obviously mm. kind of slowly increasing. Do you believe in that sort of stuff? I just thought I'd bring it up just because it's it, I'm one of them things that, that bring, like, kind of pops in my mind. Um, so, I mean... I, what in terms of like the want to get more people to eat meat? Mate, I I, I don't know, but I'm just I'm just skitty about this sort of stuff. You never know. What could yeah. happen. I mean, there's huge like the the thing is at the minute like it's quite clear that um like a vegan diet is like really really good for the environment mm-hmm. for like like things like CO two emissions for like reducing land land use and water use and all that sort of stuff um which is huge within like the sustainability goals for like the un they've got like a 2030 agenda like where they're trying to be moving people more towards plant-based but then it's sent it's governments that can't just be like okay yeah like let everyone go plant-based now because there's a couple of reasons is because they've got to protect business interests and also they're worried that people would become like deficient in nutrients because they don't understand a lot of people don't like me and you would, would like to look into like nutrition and understand that you could go vegan tomorrow and you would like look into that and you'd be fine there's other people that may go vegan and there's still some vegans now that they're typically like junk food vegans and they're not very healthy and obviously if you're going on the junk food vegan route then you're probably not going to be healthy at all the junk food like route which is pretty much like the western diet i mean the western diet is like terrible diet it's really really bad um but yeah in terms of what you're saying specifically um i don't know if there's like a conspiracy to get people to eat more meat um but it would probably be just to trying to offset the the, the business impacts because yeah, like the dairy industry, industry isn't it yeah 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 it's like the it's if every like the amount of money that would be lost if everyone just went vegan it would be crazy I mean, there's money to be made in other places, but they've got to they've got to get those systems in place. Really, um, the government have to look after the health of the people, but they've also got to look after business interests at the same time. That's my point of view from it. So they've got they can't just be like, even though technically it would maybe better for a lot of people's health, they go more plant based. Um, again, business interests are going to be in there. You've got mm-hmm. things like lobbying from. Um, like big corporations, they're heavily like tied in. So like the dairy industry and meat industries, they're going to be like lobbying. I mean, they've just done a recent thing in the European Union. They're trying to get like plant-based meats to be, well, they're not be allowed to call meat or we're trying to get the plant-based sausages not be allowed to be called sausages or burgers. Um, you're not allowed to really call like plant-based milks. They don't call milks. Like technically it's not milk. So then they're, 
they call it like a, a plant-based drink. So if you like, yeah. so you might have an almond drink or a soy drink or something like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What what were you thinking more on that on that conspiracy side of things? I don't know. Just obviously, there's a lot of obviously we know there's a lot of negative effects from the processed meat and stuff like that. And it would be it would be kind of stupid to to kind of keep on funding them sort of industries because they know they're doing damage to to everybody. But they're getting funded so much, like the fast food industry is massive kind of thing. So does that balance like there's the ethical side of like we need to obviously take care of everyone on the planet but then there's also funding the industries and then like is there something i don't know i'm just like i just like make conspiracy theories man i was just bringing it up for the uh yeah. just to see our thoughts on it anyway <laughs> yeah see if no, somebody, I mean, people might be commenting thinking like why is he talking about that but i just it's just something that and then there might be some people that are kind of thinking like, oh maybe there is something there well, um, I've heard, like, link between it. yeah i've heard conspiracy theories being like oh it's the it's, a, it's from the other side where they're trying to say they're trying to get people to be eating uh, more plant-based. That is like, that's a conspiracy. Um, mm. Like, oh no, that they're trying to take away with meat and they're trying to do this and they're trying to just feed with vegetables and uh, trying to give all this GMO stuff. And, and like, that, I've heard the, con- the, the anti-vegan sort of thing is like a, there's a conspiracy to, to make people unhealthy from like not eating meat so i've actually heard it from a different side um right. i don't know if you've heard that 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 sort of like that oh, side it's interesting it. though it's interesting to talk but about anyway it's i mean it, just thinking about like diet quality i mean the, the most studied diet out there is like the mediterranean diet um again nutritional sciences is only like a hundred or something years old it's not 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 a big it's, it's going to be a new thing like a in in 200 years 300 years we're going to know like a lot more about nutrition we're going to have a lot clearer ideas but like the mediterranean diet is shown to be like the healthiest diet um obviously what you're comparing it to the, the western diet is terrible diet like it really like increases like obesity like saturated fat like cardiovascular disease all that sort of stuff um but like the the meat consumption is that i mean nobody's eating like processed meats really in that diet if they're having red meat they're having it maybe one time a week um the, the chicken they're having is maybe like two to three times per week fish one to two times per week and they're eating the majority of the the diet is coming from like whole plant-based foods really um so i think in like maybe 90 percent of the food is coming from fruits and vegetables like nuts oils and and like like healthier oils like get olive oil um and then just small amounts of animal products um so that is something more to aim towards um in terms of your health that would improve like sustainability as well and then it gets to the point where it's like well if you can get all your nutrients from that so say if you've got 90 percent and it's like that's what people are saying well i'm plant-based because the majority of my diet comes from plants which is true that's how that's how a human should be um they you're getting all your beneficial like phytonutrients as well so like all your like anti, antioxidants and all these things like the different types of antioxidants and different colors fruits so like the different um like red green like orange all these different like antioxidants in those foods those types of foods will will give you sort of a different um, potential benefits, like health benefits, mainly just sort of reducing like free radicals and things like that. 
Um, so that's the benefit of you getting your, your your fruits and vegetables apart from like the are the good sources of nutrients so that do sort of help knock on effect of like your cholesterol levels and all these sort of things. So I would just say generally like aiming to go like ninety percent like plant based with a little bit of meat now and again, not going crazy overboard. Obviously cutting out processed foods. Like if you're going plant based, like go for whole foods. Don't necessarily eat loads of processed. Um, like fake meats because that's not going to be like ideal for your health at all um, because again any type of processed foods is, is are, are going to be detrimental to your health so just sticking those most close uh, whole foods as possible um, and then if you can make the switch to 100% fully plant-based you feel confident with it then then I think you should um, again the, the, the benefits for your health as long as you're getting the nutrients in there's no real reason to really i mean that's the only issue like for your health it's like if you can't get your nutrients it's like all right well maybe i'll have to eat a bit of meat but like even like stuff the b12 is the biggest contested sort of like nutrients like there is really with it um and b12 is found um well b12 is comes about because of like microbial um interaction so you've got like it's cobalamin is need like cobalt is needed, um, which is like a mineral in the in the earth, and then that is incorporated in like basically a bacteria, ribosome bacteria will then use the cobalt and make cobalamin, um, and then that's how like cobalamin B twelve is sort of is created. So it, it it comes from bacteria. It doesn't actually come from animals. Um, the the benefit of eating an animal is because the the animal has the um, actual bacteria in its gut. It can then create it and then it gets into the tissues of the animals. Humans really were shown that we don't produce, we don't have these bacteria which produce um, B12. So then we sort of need it in our diet. Um, so then you can eat animal meat and you can get it. But like throughout history, humans probably didn't always get just that B12 from that. So B12, again, like I said, do it with like. Um, microbial sort of interaction or symbiosis with with plants and animals um it can get it gets incorporated into plant cells as well so good sources for vegans are, are things like mushrooms mushrooms and algae essentially like seaweed that nori specifically purple purple lava nori is like the best source so you've got natural sources of b12 so it's not something that is like you can't get so you can actually get natural sources of b12 so again taking a b12 supplement just in case is always a good thing because you can't always guarantee that the mushrooms you're getting are high in b12 again because of the the microbial sort of like the ferment the, the um, symbiotic relationship between the actual bacteria and the plants because of mainly because of large-scale industrialization of like um or agriculture with the basically ruined soil diversity so you don't have the bacteria like there used to be where you're getting um that you know, that great interaction with the the plants themselves where you're getting a high amount of um b12 in in the actual like mushrooms for example if we're talking about mushrooms but wild mushrooms because they're normally obviously grown wild and usually in forests they've got a good diversity of bacteria there so you can actually get a good amount of um, b12 from those um seaweed specifically apparently needs um it needs b12 for it to be able to grow so seaweed on the most part is pretty much always going to have it and i got some seaweed recently actually from from just from tesco 
and I said like one sheet of it contained like 20% of my B12, um, which that was on the low side really because like this purple um, seaweed, purple nori, I don't think I've tried it, um, has extremely high amounts in there. Um, and it's typical for like say people in Japan to have like a couple of sheets of nori like every day for their breakfast. So you can get it again, just on the air and on the side of caution for now, because it's not hugely accepted that you can sort of get that from plants. Um, but you can, if you, if you research into it, that you can actually get, you can find it in plants. Um, there's a few different plants that have it, um, in there, like they're the main ones essentially. No source of nori, um, even fermented soy products like tempeh has been shown to have considerable amounts of B12, 0 0.8, 0.7 to 8 micrograms per 100 grams. So you're needing about 2.4 micrograms a day. But obviously, if you're getting your tempeh um, and it's got 0 0.7, it's because of the variability of the B12 content. It's like, are you getting enough? Are you not? Um, so it's that's why it's recommended to have an actual b12 supplement because of the variability um you've got things like the fruit and body of the black trumpet um or golden chanterelle mushrooms these are like wild mushrooms they've got higher levels of like 1.9 to 2.65 micrograms 100 grams that's a dry weight um other types of mushrooms 50 grams dried shiitake mushrooms again that's a lot of uh, it's a lot of dried mushrooms, but again, it, 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 you do get that in there. You can find it naturally. Um, so I think with time progresses on, you will be able to have more with knowledge increases. You'll get more access to these, um, natural sources of like these, like trouble, trouble nutrients, um, that, that people are concerned about was a nutritional yeah. analysis of six vegan children who had consumed vegan diets, included brown rice and dried purple nori. Um, of dried purple lava, which is called nori, for four to ten years, suggested that the consumption of nori may prevent vitamin B12 deficiency in vegans. Um, there was um, another study, and I couldn't find it. I was trying to find it for like half an hour, and that's messed us up because I wasn't like to highlight some stuff, but I was trying to find the specific study. But basically, they tested these vegans who were having like B12 supplements, um, I think it was like omnivores as well, and then there was also people that were eating seaweed specifically or have no B12 supplements whatsoever. They were eating seaweed and they were eating wild mushrooms, which had sort of foraged. Um, and the, they had the weren't B12 deficient and they had similar levels of B12 to everybody else. So you can get it like naturally. Um, so I don't know how we got onto the B12 specifically there, but like in terms of that, like the troubled sort of nutrients, you can, you can get it. And as time progresses and understanding more about the bacterial symbiosis, between like bacteria and plants, that's where the things are going to really develop, um, and they're going to be able to create like more regular and more more um, reliable sources of B twelve in the future. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to be fair, what kind of early in the studies as well of like plant based diets and stuff as well, because it's only really came about the last few years, and there isn't any really exactly, long term yeah. studies on it. So there's probably going to be more that's going to out god i might as well ask you what what's your opinion on game changes do you think a lot of the arguments in there were biased or were there some good points to be made because a lot of people that's where most people get their knowledge of vegans yeah the vegan diet from the minute i don't know i, got, I watched it um and it got really like it got really bashed by people like afterwards um i didn't really look into it too much to be honest uh i know 
they were talking about the protein side of it and to be honest what i looked and ended up looking at the more did you see the guy who produced it like ended up going on to the joe rogan podcast yeah that's what i've listened to i've listened to the a little bit of the ones the, 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 the james something i think he's called the james, guy who, yeah. who was meant to be um the, the opposing side of not he was he used to be a vegan the, the opposing guy as well but i listened to his podcast as well he's kind of bashing it bashing the documentary yeah. as well I mean, he got um, absolutely slaughtered really he got absolutely yeah. slaughtered in that like he, he basically that all come to the agreement that the protein was not an issue um they come to the agreement that a lot of people basically also feel that the the b12 thing like like mm-hmm. you specifically take a b12 supplement before didn't you like you were yeah i already that. did anyway yeah yeah so it's like some people um who eat meat it depends on if you lack the intrinsic factors in your gut which binds the b12 um, and takes it through which is needed to like to absorb it there's some people that do need b12 and i think this, they were saying like 40 percent of americans or something are b12 deficient which again i, I don't know 100 on that but you can quite easily be b12 deficient um so i mean anybody they come to the agreement from the talking about the game changers they come to the agreement that okay like people everyone should sort of take a b12 supplement um which I sort of agree with again, if you, but if you're B12 supplement or you, you're deficient in B12 because of the lack of the intrinsic factors or other issues like that, then people get the um, intramuscular injections of B12. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know, I know, I know people that like eating meat and they, they could, they basically had to get this um, B12 injection. So it's, it's a bit of a funny one, B12. Um, it's we had nutrient like we had water soluble nutrient because it can you can store it um in your in your liver for like up to five years so that's like one of the things with being vegan you can um if you don't get it in your daily diet which you probably won't um you could end up getting you wouldn't really know that you are b12 deficient for maybe like some years like three Mm -hmm. four five years until your body had depleted its stores yeah, she should be all right. Hey, I think kind of white monster's got a, the daily vitamin and allowance of uh, B12. Yeah. <laughs> Please have a white monster but... down here. Uh-huh. I mean, they're probably not great for your life, but it's got B12. I was going to say the the thing in the game changes, I, I was trying to look for it on my phone when you were talking, but I screenshot it, yeah. I must have deleted it, about the, you know, the blood samples that they took when they, they had someone had like um, yeah, an based I... meal and thing. I seen a... a uh, not a pharmacologist, some nutritionist or something that actually explained what it was. It was something to do with obviously the saturated, the fat in the chicken, mm-hmm. there's something in your blood that the cloudiness is actually like your body doing its job of breaking down the fat. That's why it's, That's why one was clear. He said what they should have right, done okay. was you should have got the fasted blood samples of a, a meat eater and a full yeah. vegan to compare it then, then it would have been a fair mm-hmm. experiment. Um, so there yeah. was, that's what, that was one of the things that was one of the big topics. As well, one of the big kind of yeah. So it's like what sort of like your um, triglyceride levels are. Um, obviously, if you've just eaten a high fat meal compared to like a vegan meal, you're gonna have more fat in your blood straight away after. Um, so yeah, doing it on a fasted level would probably be more fair. Again, I don't think I I, I don't know. I haven't tried to like back up the stuff in the game changers. Um, but there's there's probably people that have looked into it a lot and like this this specific thing that they said here is wrong or this one's um, good and they're probably right. I, I, I don't know. Like I say, I know that you said you wanted to talk about the game changer, but I, ha- I honestly I watched it once. I sort of like, oh, that was good, and then I sort of left it at that. And the only thing mm-hmm. I really seen about afterwards was that Joe Rogan podcast when that guy was on. Then 
he basically showed that it was really beneficial. Um, I mean, I think he was going from the inflammation point of view, really, which the studies do show that um, vegans have got much lower C-reactive protein, um, which is like a type of um, inflammatory marker, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously lower inflammation. It was more yeah. for his recovery side of things. Yeah, one of the things that I didn't realize, which you discussed actually on the on one of the podcasts, I don't think it was that one. So it's the one that I've got. It's the James James Wilkes is the guy and the guy who I think defending it's mm. called Chris Chris Kressler. But the one where yeah. just Chris Kressler's on it, they talk about the filming of the show when obviously mm-hmm. the main thing is the the um what's his name Chris Wilkes whatever his name was James Wilkes sorry when he done his he had a really bad injury was it his ACL or something his knee. And his recovery, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the all the video and stuff is him actually just acting it and just playing it out rather than right. the actual film. And like him when they like researching it with his foot up elevated and stuff, is all acting and him doing the injuries mm-hmm. stuff. It's all acting. Him doing the battle yeah. ropes, it was all sort of thing. So they were kind of arguing against like him doing that one hour stint on the battle ropes. Was it like was it mm-hmm. real sort of thing? Was it or is it because it was just all staged, a lot of stuff. So I think yeah, what he done, I mean, he put a very good argument down. I would definitely say he he, he battled well for the side, but um, there's points for both sides. Um, but he, again, he, I mean, probably 12, a couple he cemented of, it. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't put too much like <laughs> I don't put too much like attention at it because I mean, it's really it's like it's it's a documentary on on Netflix. Do you know what I mean? It's it's. Mm-hmm hopefully people aren't getting all of their like nutritional knowledge from from documentaries off netflix because that's just gonna lead to like bad bad situations like if you look into the research um that's where you're gonna see like the reality of like sort of what's going on um and the plant-based diet again if you can get all your protein you can get all your nutrients um and it doesn't have the negative carcinogenic effects in my opinion people should be aiming more towards that. Um, even if it's not a hundred percent vegan, to be like, like fair enough. Like, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't be eating a lot of animal meats at all. Um, and everyone should be trying to learn more about the diet and trying to be sort of more conscious about what they're actually eating, not just because of calories, but that's the thing. Like, man, how many people do we work with? And it's like trying to get them to sort of count calories and understand calories. That's hard enough. Never mind trying to be like, oh, so why are you eating that? Oh, yeah, because it's got calcium in it. And it's like, man, apart from like your typical stuff that's hammered down, like, oh, like milk or whatever's got calcium, like a lot of people don't know the nutrients that they're consuming. Um, And that's that's the big issue. It's like people need to, we need to start teaching people about nutrition. Like everyone should be a nutritionist. Like it annoys me sometimes that there's nutritionists. Like I've qualified as a nutritionist, but it annoys me I shouldn't have to be everyone should be a nutritionist. Like yeah. there's not many things that you have to do as a human other than sort of feed yourself and like get shelter. And then everything else is a sort of a, a, an extra, um, so drink water, eat, get shelter. So like everyone should know about this. You should teach people in schools, like how to sort of feed themselves and teach that it should be, it should be a, a part of a, um, a class, just like, you know, yeah. you do like maths, you do English, you do science and you do like nutrition. That, that should just be a thing. Um, so then people would know what nutrients they're getting and then people could start making the, the sort of the choices from coming from a place of like, like knowledge that they're informed, they can make informed decisions off looking at like just 
the, the research and make logical sort of decisions of, okay, maybe I'll just eat this because it's going to be beneficial to my health and still get these nutrients um, and there's less risk of it um, being carcinogenic. I mean, you don't really hear of any sort of, there's not, it's not up for debate like, oh, like bananas potentially carcinogenic or I'm not sure if it is or like yeah. it's, a, it's a, you, there is like, obviously it may sound biased coming from my point of view, but there is a lot of like, let's say research into that, um, the, the negative health consequences of meat. So um, talking about the game changers specifically, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really put too much like, in, like I wouldn't look at that too much. Um, if you're going to look at the some stuff, um, like have a look at some of the, what was that weightlifter guy who got like the gold, the, the world record, you've got the gold medal or something. Oh, right. like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, obviously crazy strong. He's fully vegan. I mean, I mean, does that prove anything? I mean, not really. But it's it just shows you that you can be, you can be, you can be fully plant based and be like really strong. Um, I heard some negative things because the guy who was the world's strongest man in that who was vegan. Well, that's it. He's on steroids, yeah. but it's like, so you can't, he's on steroids and he's not the world's strongest man anymore. This was in 2002. And it's like, well, if you're going to be world's strongest man, you're probably going to be on steroids. Um, so it's not the fairest thing, but it's, again, it's not a perfect thing. I would love to produce something which was like, again, speaking about things, I get, I get things muddled up. I'm not the most, um, the, the best speaker to be honest but in terms of writing writing stuff down i would love to put it across that way and, and even produce a video because it's going to be easier for people to sort of to um as far as to sort of sink in but there is huge huge um like justification for a plant-based diet which you're not necessarily going to get from the game changers like it's good but it's it's not perfect but i, I thought it was good i thought it was good to, mm-hmm. it was a good watch um but yeah again not a perfect perfect um sort of um way to show that it was it, the vegan diet is really good again if there's going to be flaws that people are going to pick apart then obviously instantly as soon as you hear oh negative thing and the thing is when people are thinking about like the vegan diet because there's so much negative connotations towards it as soon as you hear one negative thing oh this one person said a negative thing ah it's all a lot of crap so mm-hmm. it's people sort of throw it out the throw it out the window a little bit there's, which is there's always going to be opinions on whatever it is but in terms of like the vegan diet i found it makes you it does make you more health conscious and like you mentioned yeah. in terms of education of actually like at schools and stuff like that people if people need to be able to learn to invest in their own health and like actually look mm-hmm. up what they're putting into the body because it's going to affect them long term if you don't care about your health fair enough do what you want like everyone can do what they want but i think if you True. value your own health not just in terms of looking good but also just like, the stuff that's happening inside you know, if you want to live a happy life and your kids are going to grow up like you're going to watch your kids growing up and they're not going to have to deal with you getting an illness young obviously mm-hmm. there's going to be sad things that do happen to people which you can't control it's but the long term help you it's definitely the long term um but it definitely did make me more conscious about what i was eating but also how i was feeling as well and which is what i've said obviously the last week when i've kind of integrated a little bit of um meat in the diet like i had a pizza at the weekend at like domino's i felt like crap the next day like so now i literally said like i felt like hungover almost because well i hadn't ate I kind of noticed the effects of what certain foods are having on my body a lot more now that I've kind of had that that one week eating really clean, eating fully mm. plant-based. Um, and I felt great from it. And now I can obviously notice it, which is why I'm going to try and integrate a lot more plant-based stuff with a little bit of meat. Maybe one day I might end up going full vegan, um, which mm. definitely like made us think about it, especially the ethical side as well. 
um, a lot more. So I think I a lot think, people should think about. I personally like, yeah, I agree. I think that if like the ethical side for me is just like a yeah, is a game changer. Like I know so that's what I do. Um, it it was a game changer because even for me, if I was like, okay, I've got to have um, a B12 supplement for the rest of my life. Like I wouldn't be bothered. It wouldn't matter to us because again, I still think that's not a huge deal. Um, like how many people have supplements? Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. supplements around the world, like a multi-billion-dollar, multi-pound, you know, what I mean? like multi-million-pound sort of business, like way before vegans existed. So there's obviously there's, there's reasons why the supplements out there is because people need them because people don't get all of the, the nutrients from food it's just like it's, it's as simple as that like it, do, it doesn't mean that you're eating like a meat-eating diet like a meat-based diet that you're getting all of your um your nutrients from food um because again it's like you need a well-planned vegan diet which you do but to be healthy on the long term you need a well-planned like any diet like any diet you should be thinking what am i actually getting the nutrients like even if you are eating meat it doesn't mean that you're getting every single nutrient in the right amounts that you need um again that links into sort of like your genetic predisposition as well like i'm at higher need folate um i basically have like a genetic i have an enzyme that just doesn't work as well for the folate to, to um the MTHRFR um, metahydrofolate. Oh, it's a huge word. And you, if you see it written down, you'll be like, what on earth is that all one word? Um, but it's like an enzyme which converts like your folate to like your, um, your more available form, which is used like in the body. Um, and because of that, I mean, luckily I'm plant based, so I eat loads and loads of like folate. Like, folate is one of the the foods that you the nutrients that you're not really going to have an issue with on a, on a plant-based diet um but if i didn't i mean the likelihood is that i would actually potentially be more at risk of being like anemic and stuff like that because of the reduced um the reduced bioavailability in a sense that i would be that that i would have of folate so there's everyone should sort of get a genetic test really and just sort of see what nutrients because there are nutrients nutrients of concern which you that you may need um and it doesn't mean that just because you're on a certain type of diet that you're gonna get all of your nutrients um on board so i would just say for people just again it's just more the educational thing like people should Mm -hmm. should learn more about the diet but then when you do learn more about it um then you can actually start thinking well then the other aspects come in because i feel like it's hard for some people to be fully ethical on it when it's when you're thinking, well, I'm going to be nutritional, I'm going to be deficient in nutrients, you're going to be like, well, stuff it. It's, it's either me or them type of thing, and I'm going to choose them, which is, makes sense. But then when you see, like, actually, I can get the nutrients from the food, then you can start exploring those alternative sides, which maybe you didn't get into that for. You're sort of thinking, oh, well, I'm getting my, um, if I can get my nutrients, um, then maybe then it's, it's, not, it's not that bad, really. And it's mm-hmm. almost, uh, it, I would feel a bit bad bringing these animals into this world to kill them to eat them when you don't sort of need to do it um and that's 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 the big debate and it will in the future it'll sort of come forward like it'll be there'll be more and more evidence to show that eating um plant-based foods will get you the get you the nutrients that, mm-hmm. that, that, that you require and then people can then start thinking more about other um aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the airport's gone now. 
<laughs> Don't worry about me. Like, I was going to say, it just, I think if you put the, the, the ball in the other foot, I think if we were brought up with the plant-based diet and then people started like saying, oh, like, we need to start eating meat because it's better for you, we're going to start killing animals, blah, blah, blah. Put it the other way around. People start thinking like, well, what's, what, what's the, what is this sort of thing? Like, is this actually like, yeah. it, would, it would be like, well, this is crazy why we're doing this. Um, so again, it's just, being more open-minded about stuff and again thinking about the ethical reasons and the health reasons behind it but uh, we'll wrap up with the the last three questions unless there was any other points you wanted to, to briefly make um just for the environmental things like i say um we'll say like that the animal agriculture sort of increases greenhouse gases gases by at least like 28 percent um what else we've got like expected increase of 70% so you'd have 70% more available calories if the crops that are fed the animals were instead consumed by humans so it's very inefficient the whole inefficient thing is the amount of um, food that is fed to like beef to produce like the amount of calories that is fed to like the, the livestock to produce a small amount of calories so um, it's not very efficient on that front and the only way to really fuel the increase in growth of the um, of meat consumption is to destroy more land. I know you were talking about that, David. I think was if everyone had more land, I think that's what he's talking about. And the reason why the like habitat destruction is being used is to basically to fuel the meat consumption. So the amount of food we're growing for animals just to eat the animals, it's it, it gets to the point where it's not logical. So from an environmental point of view, um, it is not ideal. Um, and then you've got like. Yeah, the Eat Lancet report, like, which is a big report on like all things like environmental, um, saying that animal protein should be reduced by 40 to 70% due to the sustainability around it. So they are aiming to get that. Um, the Dietetics Association, British Dietetics Association, are recommending um, reductions of red meat to under 70 gram per person with increased consumption of beans and pulses to for protein instead due to their lower carbon emissions and water and land use. So switching your meat proteins, even if you're just reducing it, not fully going off it, but reducing that to get more plant proteins in, and that's going to offset the negative effects of the environmental um, environmental impacts. Right? The Carbon Trust undertook a comparison of this Eat Well plate, which was put forward by the British Dietetics Association. So it's worth having a look under that. It's called the One Blue Dot. Um, and they're putting forward information on how to be more basically um, like reduce carbon footprint by eating more plant-based foods um, and they said demonstrated if everyone went to that there would be like 31% reduction in greenhouse gases 17% less water use 34% reduction in land use so as um, again that's just literally it's touching the surface of like the information out there um, so I would just say, it depends on why you want to go vegan, um, before we get on to those last questions, just sort of like have a, have genuine, have a look into the three reasons, like the nutrients, you will be able to get everything, like you can get your B12, but even if you have to have a B12 supplement, it's not the end of the world, and, and in fact, potentially, it might even benefit you because you could be low on B12 anyway, especially as you get older and you have a, a trophic, like gastritis, where your body loses the ability um, to produce like like any well to produce like the intrinsic factors specifically for B12. Um, but then looking into things like the moral and ethical side of things and also the environmental side of it. It's um three huge areas. Um 
that once you see that, that you can be fine from your nutrition, um, then changing over to a more plant-based diet is going to help, help like reduce like needless sort of harm to animals because like I said, from my point of view, it is, it is quite needless because um, we don't need it to survive. It's going to help the environment massively, which is a big thing. People want that to happen. And also, it's probably, as long as you're eating well and you're not like, you know, on a junk food diet, it's probably going to benefit your health as well. You probably are going to live longer, um, again, by reducing the risks of cancer and just generally the health-promoting effects of having more fruits and vegetables sort of in your diet. Um, at the very least, it's aiming to be more like a Mediterranean-style diet, which most people, if they've done that, they would be like, they would cut their meat consumption down like a huge, huge amount. Um, so definitely have a look into those little things if people are interested in that. Yeah. Uh, Is there any, again, any links and stuff? Like I said, I'll send them over and I'll put them all in the yeah. show notes for people to look at. Um, I mean, I've got pages of information there, but I should have shortened, and shortened them down. <laughs> um, I'll probably butchered half of it, to be fair. Um, no, nah, mate, so, you Done well, mate. I think there's some, but a lot of things that people probably didn't realise, and hopefully people listen all the way to the end and definitely yeah. take into consideration a lot of things that you say. I, I take them in. Obviously, we chat at work and stuff about them, so yeah, yeah. it's definitely worth think, worth thinking about. And I do feel I did feel a lot better that one week that I did do it, and um, just obviously doing a long term kind of study for myself on it mm-hmm. would be quite a good thing to do. So definitely stick it at it if you got it worth a try. Definitely. Um, but yeah, we'll finish off with the last three questions. As I always ask every single guest, because we've got yeah. on this, we've been going a good solid two and a half hours, mate. Obviously, I'll really? split this pod. I think I'm going to split this podcast up. Um, first half talking about obviously yourself, and then the personal training side and social media, and then splitting it into the more vegan topic, which I think people will find interesting. So, first yeah. question: three people you'd like to invite round for dinner or coffee? Um. So. Okay, I was sort of struggling on this one. I like JFK. I'd like to get him around talking about the conspiracy side of things. Yeah. I want to be like, what's the um was it the industrial war complex of it, right? What's going on with that? Sort of into the conspiracy things. Um then it would probably be like, I don't know, I would like to speak to anyone from like two to five thousand years ago or someone from the past. So imagine like speaking to someone like 2000 years ago or even around the time when jesus was around be like is jesus around what's going on do you know what i mean like what's happening with that sort of stuff like speak i speak to someone 10,000 years ago like what's life like like what's your belief systems and i don't know that i'd be interested in that sort of stuff um personally um and then i'm not too sure on anyone else to be fair it would just be more i don't know like yeah from the past yeah yeah, yeah, that's ah, a good one to be fair. I haven't really had too many people from the past. I had Elvis. Someone said Elvis once. <laughs> Just yeah. to be interesting. Elvis is a good one. Right, second one. Three people you want to train with. Um, so I thought about this one. I was like, right, it's got to be Arnold. It's got to be the typical Arnold. He's if always you can't in, he's always in. And not want to train with Arnold. So I was like, I'll put that one out. A bit of a cliche. But then that I would actually love to train with my like younger self. Like, not that I used to train, so obviously I was probably overweight, but I would love to go back and train with myself and just to be like, or get myself into training or just even when I first get into the gym, like teaching myself how to go on because I would have improved like massively. Um, and then anyone else I want to train with, again, I don't, I don't have any specific people that I would like to train with, but I don't like chase after like names, like that person or whatever. Um, but just anyone that could teach us anything, like that, that's who I like to train with. If I, 
how to handle training with someone. Like I said, I've took information from you. We've had good conversations about training, and I take that stuff on board. So anybody really, and I speak to anybody, and I always listen. Like even people that have no like PT experience or experience about the scientific with the human body, because there's a lot of people I've spoken to in the past have got a good, really good understanding of how to train without that. It's like a, it's like an intrinsic sort of like knowledge that's just inside of them. And then I listen to that and then I'll be like, actually, yeah, like black backs up some studies that that could learn something off of it. It's crazy in-depth like nutritional stuff. Uh, or like in-depth like scientific stuff about um like training like mike israel would be a good one to train with yeah. do like his stuff for, for the training just anyone i could learn from though like literally it could be absolutely anybody just as long as i could get some sort of value out of it and they could teach me something from from that mm-hmm. from that training session oh that's decent mike Israel's a good one to be fair and last one yeah. one thing you say to yourself that we'll, we'll go five years ago or ten years ago your choice. One thing you'd say to yourself five or ten years ago. Five or ten years ago, I would say, well, ten years ago, I'd be like, you'll not believe like where you are compared to where you were. Because like I say, ten years ago, 19, incredibly overweight, had absolutely no ambition whatsoever. And like, like just had no ambition, not have a clue what I wanted to do. So uneducated, just left school at 16. Like, just didn't do well at school at all, was always messing about. Um, and just to the point where you'd be like, okay, like, you'd actually, you'd end up in the future, like, 10 years on, you'd be like a PT and, and like a nutritionist and like with actual desires and ambitions to like go on and continue learning more. Um, and just having, just like, just to say to myself, you'll be a complete different person. Um, and sort of have some sort of like, a bit of positivity about you doing know about yourself like feel good that you will actually do 10 times more than what you thought and then like yeah and aiming to at least have that, that desire inside yourself to do more as well mm-hmm. um, which is what i'd want but yeah just generally just sort of stay focused and think on the think about the big picture mm-hmm. um and like mm-hmm. basically like the most precious currency that you have is um time really so like spend it wisely because obviously you don't get that back um i like that so. man. nice way to finish nice way to finish. Yeah. it goes to show that obviously like even if you are like 19 20 you don't know what to do with your life it will some things take a little bit longer yeah. than others so just be patient with it stick at it and uh, if you're doing the right things good thing will come but that was an absolute pleasure mark thank you very much for coming on again yeah. nice long podcast so hopefully people have made it all the way to the end i might put these three questions with the first part i think it'll go nicely with the first part of the podcast Right. Um, and then obviously yeah. the vegan part, the second part. That was very good, mate. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Um, and again, like I say, I probably I slaughtered the vegan to- the topic of it, like talking about it. So if I don't know, if you wanted to do one in the future again, where I could actually get it into a more of a succinct sort of way, or if anyone has any like like lash like a backlash of what I say, and they want to go uh-huh. into it a bit more. Um, because again, I've been so busy, I, I wanted to prepare for this podcast a bit more because there's so many different areas. And again, when I speak, I can be a bit like well, a little bit all over the place. So, um, yeah, again, I would I would do that again if someone wanted to well, get bring somebody else in and we could talk about we'll, we'll have it. We'll have another vegan debate down the line. If there's any questions yeah. people want to ask Mark or myself, yeah. you said have you deleted your Instagram now, or is it I'm still? Just off the- 
now. I've got a few things. I've got. I'm, I'm a little bit busy with what I'm doing, and I, I've I've got a few things that I want to focus on. And again, I was spending loads of time. I was doing it. It is on there. Like there's a few posts on there um, for my vegan thing. It's called like plant-based nutrition. So if people want to go on that, I haven't haven't deleted that or like disabled it or anything. I've disabled my other one, the PT side of it, because my head was just in loads of different things, what I wanted to do. Um, and again, I'm just, I feel like the, the benefit to the reward um, that you get from putting in all that time. For me, what I was wanting to do was putting too much time in. I was spending like hours and hours and hours to create like one post on like folate. So if anyone wants to look into what I was doing in micros, the A to Z of micronutrients, so I'm up to like basically just about, it was just about to do B12, um, but just to show that you can get these nutrients. So I might just jump on and put the B12. So if anyone wants to look at that more in depth, I'll break better than I talk by the <laughs> I'll put, I'll put the, the Instagram or whatever it is down below. Anything yeah. to send it over afterwards, but that was a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. No, you're welcome, man. So thank you very, very much if you listened to the full episode. Again, it's a long one, I know, but there was a lot of information that Mark obviously wants to give and I want to listen to. There's a lot of information that I want everyone to hear as well, which is the main thing. At least we're not as long as Joe Rogan's podcast because, yeah, his are like two and a half, three hours long. I know we're not Joe Rogan, but we'll do our best. Anyway, again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you again, Mark, for coming on. Maybe this has changed your mind about a few things, opinions on veganism. Maybe you want to incorporate a bit more of a plant-based diet hopefully it's kind of give you a bit more information a bit more understanding about that whole kind of topic so again if you enjoyed this episode remember to share it on social media share it on instagram facebook twitter anything that you are on just share it spread the word the best you can as i always say if you can share it with one friend one family member whoever it is just copy the link send it over to them just tell them the podcast is really good and yeah listen to it and again to finish off, if you really, really enjoyed the podcast, a little review, a little comment would mean the world to me. So thank you very much if you do do that. Anyways, we'll finish this episode up. Thank you very much for listening again. This has been Process.